0: what's up you guys it's an episode another episode the second episode of 193 extreme weeks cool you want to let the people know what we just got done doing we just got done interviewing tony mamaluke um (laughs) it was
1: an amazing interview with some great insight on tony mamaluke about original ecw wwe ecw and just some personal stuff with tony mamaluke um he also gave us some great advice at the end. So I promise you you're gonna to wanna to stick around for that part.
0: Uh it's funny how this all came about because it seems like just a week ago we were saying we were gonna show up at his door.
1: <laughs> we're gonna shoot, shoot to show up on his door.
0: And um, then <laughs> Yeah, so let me run down on how that happened. Yeah, go <laughs> that ahead. That night. That night, me and Cody were DMing each other and I said I'm emailing some promotions tomorrow morning to get Tony on. And he said, do it, LOL, or something like, didn't believe in me. So I woke up Tuesday morning. I emailed uh, B Dynasty Pro Wrestling. I believe they're in the New York area. Shout out to them. Uh, I emailed the promoter because I found that's where he last wrestled on Cage Match. And then I went to their Twitter, and their DMs weren't open. So I had to go to their website, which is Poorly functionable It's horrible That's the only thing (laughs) I have to say about that (laughs) I had to find their email On the contact us page thing Which was almost impossible Found it And I emailed them Professional I said hey My name's your boy Squint Also known as Jacob Which Coney calls me by my shoot name A few times in this interview Which is going to be awesome And I do too
1: Just to not confuse him
0: Yeah (laughs) 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 And I emailed him, and I was like, hey, it's Gwen, also known as Jacob. Uh, me and a buddy have a podcast about WWE CW, and we want Tony Mamalouk off. And his response was within 10 minutes, and he said, yeah, let me, text, um, let me text Tony and see if he's cool with me giving out his phone number. I said, all right, Ben. He sent me his uh, phone number. I texted Tony, and Tony replied very quickly as well. And basically me and him set up a phone call for that Tuesday night. And then we set it up and basically he's going to, he was not going to be on. He was on, (laughs) he was on the podcast today. He set it up himself. He asked me what days work and I told him and he said, all right, let's do it next Monday. And then I gave Cody my shoot phone number and I had to call him because I was (laughs) like a little girl about it. (laughs) Uh, And then this is off the air that he said this, but at the end of the interview, when we were done recording and we were just chit-chatting for a second, Tony Mamaluke did tell us that he is open to being on again. So if we do have Tony Mamaluke on again, DM me or Cody or the podcast page at a man in his pod, at Cody Virmboy with a Y, and at Ya Boy Squints, DM us and be like, hey, I want to ask Tony what his favorite porn star is, and he'll probably give us an answer. <laughs> Um, he strikes me as an Abella danger guy. I don't know though. No, nah, he's a fine. Bella porch, he's a Bella porch for sure. Um, but basically, that's gonna come up after the first episode review, and then we'll take a little bit of an intermission for you guys to listen to that podcast or listen to that interview, and then we'll get into reviewing episode three because we're reviewing episodes two and three, correct, Cody?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, and I do want to say before we continue that I know my Twitter handle is a bitch. It's going to be changed as soon as all the stuff I've done with IWTV airs. That way they don't have out-of-date Twitter that they're giving people. Um, but I, I, I fully understand my Twitter handle is a bitch, and I'm sorry about that.
0: Yeah, it's, it took me forever until you mentioned it last week on the episode what your handle was because I could never find you on Twitter when I'd go to tag you and stuff, and it made stuff very difficult. Uh, well, yeah, let's get into episode two of WWE C Uh, You want to let the people know, or no, actually, I know where this fucking was. This was in Albany, New York. 30 minutes away from Tony Mammoluke's high school.
1: Oh, he, he said this on the fucking pod. You do you know what the is called? Uh
0: the Tony Mammoluke Memorial Stadium.
1: <laughs> no, this is actually the Pepsi Arena.
0: The Pepsi Arena in Albany, New York. Um, um
1: it was January. Genu- it was June 20th and the crowd was full. Um yeah. this was a full crowd. I don't know if they were still pre-smackdown. Or what? But this was a full crowd.
0: We open up this episode with a uh, lady... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they didn't do this in episode 3 either, which makes me think they scratched it right away. Um, Episode 2, show notes. uh, It says, what is the open? Who is this woman? Wow, because that girl was attractive um so they open with
1: a tarot card reading i have actual notes besides squint's horny notes um this woman did a tarot card reading but tarot card readings are supposed to predict the future and this one recapped last week and raw and (laughs) it's not at all what a tarot card reading is supposed to be um but apparently she is a wrestler there were a few people online who were like, Oh, glad to see she has a job. Um, so nothing really besides that for this opening segment. And then um the match is the namesake for probably this title of the episode. Um, Tony
0: Mamaluke had a match up against Sabu. That he talks about in our interview. He like, yeah, I'm not even just saying that as a joke, he legitimately Talks, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff of this match, which I thought was really, really cool that we had him on this episode for him. It uh,
1: worked out that, perfectly.
0: Dude, it did. That was, like, he started saying that. I, like, literally, like, I shook my fist under the camera. I was like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> that was real cool. But let's, uh, let's get into the match.
1: Um, first off, I want to point out, Mama Luke was rocking CM Punk kick, kick pads. Um, which is very weird to see. Like to see other people in CM Punk boots and kick pads is so weird. But I'm assuming it was like an early 2000s indie wrestler thing. Um, uh, my first notes were, please, please let Tony Mamaluke win. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. Um, the the matches an amazing match, like way more serviceable than any Sabu match in this time period. Um, or any Sabu match since really, except for that brief TNA bald Sabu run. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but more serviceable than most Sabu matches at one point, Tony Mameluk's going to do a frog splash and mid air Sabu, Sabu's him with the chair. Um, <laughs> And totally like fucks his <laughs> shit up. Uh,
0: the note I, the note I have for this, I said, Tony goes for a frog splash. Tony goes for a frog splash off the top rope, but Sabu tosses a chair, but somehow still gets hit with the chair. <laughs> yeah, coming down,
1: <laughs> coming down, the chair and Mama Luke still hit Sabu. But it's not as coordinated as a frog splash should be, so it does less damage in wrestling land.
0: That was a crazy. I seen that spot and I went straight to my notes. I was like, whole because that chair, like, usually when they do the Sabu spot where you throw the chair, he gets out of the way, but instead it was like <laughs> he didn't move. <laughs> First R V D and Ring Stereo with the chair. Now Sabu and Tony. I'm pretty sure there's a sign backstage after this that says, no more using chairs. <laughs> like, God damn. No more using chairs on top rope maneuvers.
1: Um, there's a table spot that Tony Mamaluke talks about in his interview later. Um, talks about how it left him with a scratch on his face for a few months, which I'm sure we'll see in later episodes um, if that is true and not just wrestlers talking wrestler. Um, it
0: looked like it fucked him up, though.
1: Like, I believe yeah. that. And then this ends with a Tony Mameluke screw job. And I should have asked him about this because he didn't tap at the time the match was called. He taps about two minutes, 30 seconds, really. 30 seconds after the bell rings is when he finally taps. So this is a Tony Mameluke screw job and in my efed of ecw 2006 i am going ballistic with this and i'm writing tony Mamaluke as the voice of the voiceless i'm i don't care it pissed me off you do not screw tony Mamaluke.
0: Uh, yeah the only other note i have for that match other than not tapping because that was bullshit is sabu looked rough very <laughs> very rough
1: <laughs> uh well once we find out what happens in a few weeks from now i think that will explain that one.
0: Oh yeah it will also i do want to let you guys know uh for this episode we did not have many fame forms and there was not many dirt sheets either uh we quite frankly used a lot of our time researching tony mamaluke for the interview <laughs> uh yeah
1: to to be honest the few fan forum stuff that i could find i will talk about it later on but it's still it's not that exciting and not enough to take up a whole segment really so um
0: just sprinkle it in
1: yeah so that stuff is not going to be as prevalent as it was in the first episode
0: (laughs) oh cool you know what segment's next after this one
1: um yeah kelly kelly admits that she couldn't get her bra off (laughs) Like, I knew, like, I pointed out, you passed, you ignored it. But I said that shit last episode. I was like, she couldn't get her bra off. You ignored it. She vindicated me this episode.
0: Yeah. She says, last week, I had trouble getting my bra off, but I have more to show you. And I said, show me fucking now. <laughs> I said, um, get to the segment now.
1: But that. <laughs> Did not happen. Instead, no. we, instead, we had a pretty good segment where Dreamer called out Big Show, calling no. back... Oh, I don't, am I missing something? Oh, yes, RVD I am. Per-
0: RVD yeah. promotes his match. Uh, oh. That's the only note I have for it. <laughs> he no. promoted his match.
1: RVD hyped up match. That's him and Angle versus Orton and Edge at the end of the show. Um, pretty good. Nothing too crazy about this promo it's just hey look at me i'm rvd i'm high as fuck and i have two belts
0: that's his gimmick too yeah hey i get high Um, he always says he always just randomly in promos he always goes i'm the highest in the room and i'm just (laughs) like all right cool weed smoker (laughs) like we get it
1: (laughs) um and then after that we get this dreamer calling out big show it starts with a call back to his caning in ecw um where he lost a feud with sandman sandman got to cane him like 20 times or something crazy like that and halfway through it tommy dreamer grabbed the mic and was like thank you sir may i have another um that's pretty much what he says about this beating word for word grabs the mic, calls out Big Show, and it's like, thank you, sure, sir, can I have another? Big Show comes out and clowns on him. Big Show uh, Big Show comes out, absolutely clowns on him. I don't remember Big Show having that neck tattoo. I don't know if he got that covered or removed, but I don't remember that Big Show neck tattoo. No. Um, and he does this... Um, I love this finish for Big Show. The Cobra Clutch into a backbreaker into just tossing them. I think it's an amazing finish for Big Show. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's what I put. up put Big Show whoops his ass uh, yeets Tommy <laughs> and then just Tommy wouldn't stay down, which is what's it called? Which Tommy, that's two people on this episode that we've mentioned that I have talked to this past week, but I, to, I I don't want to talk about the Tommy one. Well, he yelled at me. Yeah,
1: Tommy Tommy clowned on Squints because to, to- because not Tony Tony had nothing to do with that. Uh, because Squints made the WrestleMania twenty three joke, and Tommy 17. whatever I don't care. I wasn't born. Um, he made that joke, and Tommy saw it somehow. I Tommy vanity searching um and was like hey kid shut the <laughs> fuck up kid
0: <laughs> i said he said his exact words were he copies and pasted this message he apparently like vanity searches tommy dreamer wrestling 17 i think because i've had a few other people tell me he sent messages like this but he was like hey that's not the true story uh it got fabricated in clickbait article blah 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 And then I was like, okay, I'm sorry, Tommy. My sincere apologies. I'm glad you're in a better headspace. And he's like, don't apologize. Just wanted to get the real information out there. And then I said, okay, once again, I'm sorry. But anyways, I have a former coworker of yours going to be on my (laughs) podcast. And he just kind of one-upped me. And he's like, oh, he was on my podcast. And I was like, so (laughs) no questions. That was another thing. We thought it was going to be like easy getting questions for Tony but I asked Ian Rotten and he said, no, his, he said, I'm good. I think Mikey um, whipwreck called me. A <laughs> nothing. He said nothing. I can ask him myself. Uh, um, me and Mikey whipwreck have had
1: conversations before. Mikey whipwreck is a great dude. I love Mikey Whiperek. Um When I was still wrestling and training, I named my finish after Mikey Whiperek. Um, But he was pretty much nothing i can't get myself kid um big league me um uh, yeah none of the wrestling journalists red. responded to any of us
0: no dude and i'm pretty sure srs left me on red
1: <laughs> check um but after, I'm, gonna, anyway.
0: I'll, I'm gonna have to send him the interview so he can put us in a uh, fightful.com
1: oh yeah but anyways um Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a Kevin Thorne segment. I didn't have any notes about this. I literally just wrote Kevin Thorne. Pop. That's, I pop for Kevin Thorne, that's, apparently.
0: That's all I put. I put Kevin Thorne again, because he's just standing outside a uh, the Pepsi Center, or whatever it's called, uh, now known as Tony Mamaluke Memorial Center. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's just on a neon sign. that says ECW Arena. And I believe Taz and Joey Siles go, who the hell is this creep just stalking us? Yeah, um, it's <laughs> whatever.
1: After that, we get Macho Libre versus Sandman. And Macho Libre is a bastard hybridization of Macho Man Randy Savage and Jack Black's Nacho Libre. Um, this is, of course, of course, played by Tony DeVito of the Baldies, former ECW fame. Um, against Sandman, um, before we get into this... There was this really weird picture-in-picture promo um, that happened as Sandman was coming to the ring. And it was, I don't know what word for word, because it it shocked me. It's something like Sandman just saying,
0: I'm going to kick some ass,
1: or something.
0: He he said, he goes on, Sandman, I love kicking ass, drinking beer, and chasing women. And I said that dude. I said I am just like Sandman. That's what I do. I go to the bar, kick ass, drink beer, and chase women too. Sandman. And that's why you have eighteen restraining orders. Um,
1: zero. I am he doesn't, zero. He doesn't. Doesn't. Uh, this is a way better squash than last week's against the zombie, because um, it's tongue in cheek. They all know this is stupid. Um,
0: Tony shot on also.
1: Yes, Tony. Tony shot one the zombie so hard. We
0: found we found Tony's burner when we were going through forms, where he said sci-fi. Really, <laughs> Tony was not Tony. Like many others, was not happy. ECW's on sci-fi.
1: No, not at all. Um, this is a way better squash than last week, though, probably because it's Tony DeVito, and he's an actual wrestler. Um, pretty good. Nothing really besides that and then I have a feeling you like this next segment so I'm gonna let you talk about the segment.
0: Which segment is this? Is this the one where they're all backstage?
1: <laughs> yeah and seeing <Cena> it disappear.
0: <laughs> so Paul Heyman has the whole CW locker room and he's giving them or no well first it starts off with Paul Heyman doing an interview and the security guards like hey sir John's seeing us in the parking lot and Paul goes get them get them all together let's meet right here and then he gets All of the ECW superstars All in a big huddle and he's like What we're gonna do is this Mid talk Cena storms in the door (laughs) And just stares at him And I was like oh shit And then He gives him like Paul and Sabu's Face he's like I have I have a challenge Or I have a deal to make and Heyman's like What's that deal and as he's saying this Sabu goes to bite Cena he goes (laughs) He, like, chomps at Cena for no reason, and they don't acknowledge it, which annoys me, and Cena goes, I'll have an extreme lumberjack match. Bring all your extreme guys to the ringside. And then Sabu said, I accept with his cigarette-ridden throw and Percocet eyes. And at Vengeance, we get Cena versus Sabu in an extreme lumberjack match. Which I don't know what makes it more extreme than a lumberjack match, other than they probably have weapons.
1: Um, yeah, it's Sabu and Tommy Dreamer just wildly swinging Sandman canes outside. I, I have no idea. It doesn't make sense to me, and I think it's a dumb gimmick.
0: <laughs> no, it's one thing I'm realizing from the beginning of this uh, series is they're very they're they're pushing the E and ECW stands for extreme. And they try to point that out every five seconds, other than that time where uh task cannot pronounce extremist or whatever, and they talked <laughs> about it a whole episode. No, that was exhibitionist. He kept on calling it extremist though. Yes, yeah. And Joey's like, that's next episode. But basically they just they keep on pushing this extreme agenda and it's getting annoying. Not
1: ext- and it's not even extreme. <laughs> it's um, but you know what? Is extreme Kelly's expose A. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Um <laughs> they got her a front clipping bra this time so she could see what she could was doing um and could unclip her bra. Um and oh god, she showed her shoulders. Um and then some dude just comes out and covers covers her up. I at this point in time I did not know who this dude was. Um it apparently is Mike Knox, and we'll talk about that next episode. Uh he, but totally he yeah. texted me and he goes, Who the
0: fuck is this? <laughs>
1: idea. Because I saw all that it was these black and white, so like Kenta trunks, and it says outlaw, and that's it. So I was like, is this fucking James Storm?
0: Like, I don't I don't know who the fuck this is. So my notes for this is <laughs> This is in order. Vince taught her how to talk. Vince taught her to dance well. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly. Crying emoji with the little puppy eye emoji. She's shaking her ass. The belt's off. Shirts off. Brawls off in all kinds co- of caps. And then Mike knocks. And then that's the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, shortly after this, we get ECW test um, promo um i'm i'm not that familiar with test um besides from like new legacy ink streams of them playing as test and shit i am not a test guy and neither are any of the fans um the fans or at least what i could find from fan forums did not give a fuck about andrew martin no i personally uh
0: I don't remember too much of Test's ECW run. I remember very vaguely of his like 2001 or two run. Was he like Test and Albert or whatever? Didn't he like die shortly after this? No, he dies within a year, yes. He yeah, Does so... not make it to the one year anniversary of WWE. He died like... So here's a funny story. Not a funny story. Here's a story. <laughs> a story about that. I remember being like seven 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 and i remember like i used to get home and get on wwe.com just to look at fucking different, mark different i was seven what you want me to get on like club F- penguin oh dude, dude. Club penguin was the shit <laughs> webkins anyway <laughs> anyways and i remember getting online and seeing like it said like andrew test martin passes away at the age of whatever and like i literally was like is this a line? what the hell And then that leads to this. Completely off-subject, But when Brody Lee passed away. My little brother literally texted me. He goes, AEW is getting dark with their storylines. And I said, what do you mean? And I opened my phone, and I was like, that's not a storyline, asshole. Oh. uh, Like, he legitimately thought that, like, AEW was doing a death angle. Hey, uh,
1: Vince blowed up, so why not?
0: Yeah. Anyways, RVD and angle versus warp. Uh, rated RKO, which I'm not sure if that's what they're going by at no, this time. No,
1: not at all. That's, that's <laughs>
0: uh, I also wrote that down as
1: rated RKO with Lita versus RVD and Angle, but they're not rated RKO
0: at this time. Yeah, I was I was going to say they didn't get introduced as in They had two separate inferences. So I wasn't oh. sure.
1: This is the goated Orton theme. I love this Orton theme so much. It's right up there with my time for me.
0: It's not this Fire Burns, but it's uh it's up there. Um <laughs> Have you ever seen <laughs> see that video of him coming out to this Fire Burns for like one night? No. He came out to a random episode of SmackDown to this Fire Burns and then like the next week he went right back to this. I don't know the name of this one, but
1: um it was a pretty good match. I think it went a little too long. Um I think they should have gave a little more time. They
0: should have had another match on the show. No, I'm not going to lie, dude. This match felt like 10 minutes in. I like clicked the pause menu to see how much longer was left. And I was very disappointed when I seen there was like 10 minutes left on the show. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, like nothing against these four, but like, come on. <laughs>
1: um, there was a great counter to the spear though. Um. Lita comes in, tries to hit RVD with the title. RVD ducks it. Um, Lita like launches the title. Um, and then Edge tries to come in with the spear, and RVD picked up the belt and domed him with it. Yeah. Um, my first my first watch through, I thought he did a rolling back elbow to Edge's head, which I thought was infinitely sicker. Mm -hmm. Um if he would have just rolling back elbow, edge his head through the spear, it would have been amazing. But no, he picked up the belt, clocked him in the head with the belt, then hit the five star. Um, Angle doesn't really do anything too crazy here. He
0: angle flamed the fuck out of Lita. Oh yeah, that was this match. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was next he, week. No, that's this match, bro. He... Oh my god, dude, that was the sickest angle slam I've ever seen. He like had her into angle slam and then, like on the way down, turned it into like a burning hammer. <laughs> he fucked Fuck her your neck, world kid. Up. Um, he literally fucked her world up on that. Uh, at one point, the crowd was chanting something at Lita and I think it was chanting, You're a whore, but I couldn't like hear it too well.
1: I think most likely that um because i do believe that that happened a lot for lita at this point (laughs) um uh based off of some real life decisions um but i do believe that lita got chanted this type of shit a lot at this point in time
0: oh most definitely uh um, am trying to look through my notes see if there was any other crazy spots. There was a one point Edge went to toss RVD out of the ring and instead of doing just like a normal out of the ring bump, I don't know what it's called, like where you just fall onto the apron and in the ground or whatever, instead RVD does like a suicide dive into no one but the announcer <laughs> table. <laughs> he just Edge like tossed him out and RVD just said okay and went right through those ropes into the announcer table and I thought that was nuts.
1: Um, but I know... I RVD does the nutted up savat kick to Randy Orton early on in the match. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I have nutted up on the ropes again.
1: I I love I love the setup for that move, um, because it's really easy and it's really something that shows what RVD can do. Like he goes from being in a headlock to lifting them up, nutting them on the ropes, climbing up, and savat kicking them out. I think it's a really good one-two setup combination that i hope he keeps on doing i haven't seen it he definitely didn't do it in normal ecw and i haven't seen him do it in tna or anywhere since so it could just be something for wwe ecw but i really do like that combination
0: no i i love it because like you said it shows off that he is a uh he's kick heavy in his matches um but yeah that's all that Really happened on this episode. It wasn't too much, but there wasn't like too less. I guess it was perfect. It was a good episode. Yeah, I've per- heard. I personally liked this episode a lot.
1: It was also the go home show to vengeance for ECW, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is why that four way tag is or that normal tag. It's not a fucking four way tag. Why that <laughs> normal tag was there? Um, gave us a little hint of rated RKO, and. Putting RVD and Kurt Angle in a ring is always a great
0: choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see on the next episode. Yes. Uh, well, that's going to do it for episode two. Right now, we're going to give you the Tony Mamaluke interview. Uh, it went about an hour or so. So, like, sit tight, grab a bag of popcorn or a soda or chips or... Hell, grab, grab a sandwich. One, grab a sandwich. Grab something i don't know i don't know what people do when they listen to podcasts i don't fucking listen to them i just record them um <laughs> yeah we're
1: <laughs> we're anti-podcast podcasters i only listen to this podcast i don't i, I don't know so I don't.
0: i'm putting that on her shirt by the way that and uh when <laughs> says what tony says at the end of this interview uh um anyways but yeah this is the tony mamaluke uh interview uh enjoy
1: okay hey guys we are here today with a man in this podcast and i'm going to be talking over jacob today um and we're here interviewing the fbi's own tony Mamaluke. um this is fucking crazy for me because tony Mamaluke and okay hey guys we are here today with the man in this podcast and i'm gonna be talking over jacob today um and we're here interviewing the fbi's own tony Mamaluke. um this is fucking crazy for me because tony Mamaluke and mikey whipwreck are what got me into wrestling so this is something that i did not expect to be happening um before we start off how, how are you doing today tony man
2: well, I'm I'm great, and uh, I'm curious. Really, uh, you know, that that's quite something to say that I would be a part of your reason to get into wrestling. Could you explain that a little bit? That's very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, one hundred. So I'm I'm a really shitty, like, one twenty at most kid from Baltimore City, and I when I got into wrestling, it was everyone was jacked up and like six nine and huge and then i watched some of my dad's old ecw tapes and it made me realize that i didn't have to be this gigantic person to do great like put on great matches and have people invested so you and mikey whipwreck are part of the reason i've spent a few years in training and right now i'm being i'm a broadcaster for this and i do interviews with some wrestling companies that are out there right now
2: well, that's awesome well, that's really cool.
1: Um, so this is this is surreal for me, and I thank you so much for agreeing to some random kid's text.
2: Uh, no and, way.
1: <laughs> um, so I'm Cody. I'm the I'm the co-host here. Um, Squints is the person who was texting you and emailed you this link. Um, this is technically his show, but I'm taking it for today. <laughs> All right. Um, and the, the first question I have um is was there was there ever a spot that you were running through a match with someone and you just went, I'm I'm not taking that. I'm not doing that. Because you oh, did yeah. a lot a <laughs> lot of bad bumps. And is there anything that you were just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it?
2: Yeah, well, I can definitely tell you one that I often speaking of your question, I you know, I often give as an example to other wrestlers who have asked or talked about similar things and uh it was kid cash who i love friend yeah but um he had that what was it the money maker thing or yeah the money maker yeah the pile driver mm-hmm. and we were in uh we were in matt uh the hammerstein ballroom i believe it was the very last pay-per-view that ecw ever did the original version that is yeah he's like you know uh, i've got this 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 moneymaker and i said oh yeah i've seen you do it he's like it'd be really great and i would let you and he said i would let you do anything you want to do to me as but could we do it off the top rope and (laughs) i said no we cannot (laughs) and i'm there's nothing that you could do there's nothing that you could convince me to do that because that that's a bump you you talked about i i did take a lot of would appeared to be crazy bumps but yeah i for the most part my bumps were under my own discretion and control uh the uh the guardrail notwithstanding but you know <laughs> the, the infamous guardrail bump but every other bump was generally something i had fairly decent control of but i wasn't about to take a, a pile driver with my arms pinned off the top rope um for any amount of money <laughs> Just wasn't no, gonna it. now that's all that, right yeah now that's a transitional spot but yeah back in i guess the early 2000s it wasn't quite to that level yet
1: no not at all um i'm glad you never took a top rope pinned pile driver yeah uh that would have probably not been the best uh a normal pile driver fucking sucks sometimes
2: well yeah yeah absolutely but doing it off the top rope with not being able to really protect yourself, that's just, that was a bridge too far for even me. Even when I was like 23, 24 years old, I wasn't about to do that. I think it was 23 then. I, I can't remember. Um, speaking of original
1: ECW, do you remember what your last paycheck was for original ECW? <laughs>
2: uh not exactly, because that was 20 years ago? Yeah, it was, it's was. it been a minute, yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, it wasn't exactly inspiring, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> uh, right. to be clear. Um, but, you know, I never really, and, and this sounds kind of almost counterintuitive, but wrestling was never really about the money for me. It was cool. I, it was nice to be able to be... Uh, to live uh doing it to actually be able to have a a money to to actually do that uh you know i guess but uh it was cool uh but the most fun i ever had in wrestling was was ecw it there's nothing i could ever compare to that period of time in my life and if it was still open today and i and i'd recently said this to uh not to name drop but since we're talking about ucw when, when it was talking to tommy dreamer i said you know uh if ecw was still open there i would i would still be there uh, on some capacity hopefully not still wrestling like god almighty (laughs) but i would like to you know my real passion in wrestling really had zero to do with money um and because i was you talk about being 120 pounds that's how big I was when I broke into the wrestling business, was exactly 120 pounds. And when I was getting killed in the Florida Indies, it was the most fun I ever had in my life before ECW. And then mm-hmm. with all the characters and crazy people that I called friends, it was the best time of my life professionally. And it wasn't close. And that was by the way, after I had my stint in WCW. So it was, I, yeah. You know, uh, but to answer your question, Inconclusively, it wasn't enough money to uh, buy a bag of groceries. I'm p- quite sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's that's rough. <laughs>
2: well, they did go out of business after all. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, true. They they get bought out. Um, a few more questions about your, your run in ECW. Um, the original ECW. I do have some questions about Wre ECW later on. Sure. Uh, but I. I have not gone through and watched every single ECW episode, and I'm not claiming to have done that. Um, but going through the match list of your career, the FBI was, like, married to Danny Doring and Roadkill for a long period of time. Was there, was, did you guys just work together, or is it just to get you guys on the card? Was there any specific reason why that match repeated so many
2: times? Oh well, I you know I, that was really more about them. You know mm-hmm. uh, Guido had long since established the credibility of the, uh, of, the of the gimmick, you know, going yeah. back to 1996. Uh, and then moving that forward, you know, once we had our run for the most part with Mikey and Tajiri, and they were probably going to go in different directions or do other things and then circle it. You know, it was a matter of trying to get Danny Doring and roadkill uh, on a level that would give them credibility with, with that fan base that was beyond the opening uh, match, you know, uh, it's it's not, it's not by any means. They they were great wrestlers. Roadkill was better, way better than I ever was. Um, (laughs) Danny probably could, easily be categorized that as well but because guido had had time on television he had been able to establish the gimmick he went through his run with tracy as smothers maybe rest in peace and the godfather before i got there um you know that was we had established it as being pretty much the top tag team at the end of ecw this does not factor into the eras before us as a team anyway. And so Danny Doring and Roadkill were just, we needed to establish them. So when they finally did defeat us for the belts, that it had credibility. So in the wrestling business nowadays, everything's so fast forward and so quick to come to, I mean, AEW will run an angle and by the end of the night, they'll finish it on their television show. Whereas in order to really establish a team or an individual wrestler you can't just put them out there and give them wins against people that have already established themselves because it will have less unless they are someone like a brock lesnar who just jumps off the screen at at, at a given viewer danny doring and roadkill like most everyone else besides those rare instances needed to be given credibility and so you know the money is always in the chase you know, the money is always in the chase. And by the way, it takes time to really establish, uh, you know, kind of a, a real uh, flow in a tag team match. It's a, it's the hardest oh, yeah. psychology there is. So by the time they finally got the win and they won the belts, uh, they were at the same level as Mikey, Tajiri, and the FBI uh, in, in as far as tag teams goes. And then the belt meant something. So that's really the reason behind it.
1: Okay, yeah. That makes a lot more sense than I thought it would. Um, well,
2: that's why you got me on the show.
1: <laughs> exactly. We have questions that need to be answered. Um, because, unfortunately, I, you haven't made that many appearances on things like this. You haven't right. haven't had your time to shine, I'd say, post-wrestling career, being able to tell Everything that you have in that fantastic
2: brain—that's um, that's on purpose, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
2: yeah. I—I'm uh, not really a social media person, so um, I guess—I guess to be very honest with you, there's still a part of me that believes in fabe on mm-hmm. some level, and uh, I don't. I—I I learned this way, way back, and I, you know, honestly, I can't even remember who. Who taught me this because that's what happens when you get older is <laughs> you forget things. <laughs> but you know somebody said to me if you are so accessible and so relatable then you're eventually whatever's left of your mystique can be kind of a bit watered down so uh not that I was ever a big star but I always held on to the fact that I wanted to be uh I guess less than an accessible in terms of the social media is concerned like fan fests uh, you know I don't do them a lot either yeah uh, that's it, and again it's, it's nothing to do with the fans I just try to believe in the concept of kayfabe even though that that concept is you know very dated in its construct i still believe in it though at least a little bit on some level it still exists and, and oh, I'll, tell the, I'll tell you the, exact, the level it does exist it, it, it exists on the level that Yes, clearly at this point, the cat is long since out of the bag in terms of how wrestling is, is worked and, and, and performed and all of that. But if you, the wrestler, don't believe it's real, then the fans won't believe in you. So th- I still try to hold on to that small glimmer of, of the bygone era, if you will.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's perfectly understandable. There is some part of kayfabe that I do believe myself is important to the whole structure of this crazy business that if, like you said, if you don't believe it, if you can't get into your character, why should anyone else get into your character? Right. Um, But trust me, we are very aware of how out of social media you are (laughs) having having to email a promotion uh, to try to get this set up, which speaking of which um, shout out to Dynasty um they are great and they're what set this
0: all up pretty much
2: yeah much respect to dynasty for still having my number
0: (laughs) (laughs) he was very quick with it too he emailed me back uh chris had dynasty emailed me back within like minutes like he was like oh i'm happy to hear this he's like tony's a great guy let me uh reach out to him first and then he's like he's a great dude here you go and i was like wow that was that was insane to me
2: with how fast it was yeah, he did his thing really quickly. It, was, it just came together in, like, what, 10 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: The last question I have about original ECW is, do you have any favorite road stories from that area um, of time? Is there oh, anything that uh, sticks out in your mind that's like, if I could go back and sit in that car <laughs> one more time, I would love it?
2: Uh, Yes. Well, first of all, you have to understand that I traveled with Johnny Swinger, who is a really quiet, introverted guy, married (laughs) man, never drinks, works out, goes to bed early. And then our traveling partner was Sinister Minister, which was (laughs) not any of those things, whom, by the way, I love with all of my heart and is one of my favorite people that has ever lived in my life (laughs) i'm so grateful for him because frankly he's the reason i got into ecw anyway Mm -hmm. but uh so when i first got into ecw i paid my dues like every new talent did and i drove my car to these shows and i left atlanta or the atlanta area i lived in marietta and um i would drive to all these shows and the first like the first three months I was in the in the company, I I drove thirty thousand miles. So I was mm-hmm. driving mile after mile after mile, and uh, so I would I would pick these guys up at the building, and then we would drive the rest of the tour, and then I drop them off at the airport, and I drive home. That was kind of like how we did the thing, um, and it and in turn they would give me free hotel rooms. So it was kind of they didn't have to rent a car, but they didn't have to you know, they, they, they threw me a bone on the other end and they both lived in Atlanta. So I knew, well, Swinger lived in Atlanta and, uh, and, uh, minister lived in, um, uh, Orlando. So we would meet wherever the airport would take us. So, well, this one night I, I leave, uh, and it's kind of a long story. So excuse me, but you have to put it no, in context. You are all good, man. <laughs> so I left my house. I drove all night. I got to the airport in Virginia and the show was in Virginia beach. I was exhausted. I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted. I drove all night long. I waited in the airport. It passed out. Here comes sinister minister. Bless his heart. It is now about 10 o'clock in the morning and he's already been drinking since 10 o'clock last night. (laughs) And we go and drive the show. Uh, we wrestled, uh, Joey Mercury, and uh, who was his partner? Um, uh, oh, God, I can't remember all of a sudden. Who was Joey Mercury's partner back in the day? I don't remember. Well, uh, back- yeah, I had no you're- idea. You're- <laughs> uh, anyway, we wrestled. And the only reason I remember, I- I did- we did a-, a spot in the match and I slept. And I was so tired, I slapped Joey in the face and I knocked his jaw out. I, was- I felt terrible. That was the same night that the cops stopped. Uh, it was an amphitheater show, so it was outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and RVD's blown it down in the back of the, of course. Of the building, and cops rolled up on him. He had to play Hey Brother. <laughs> and so anyway, so the next night was going to be my debut in the ECW arena, or maybe it was my second time there, whatever the case may be. So we drove, again, I drove all night long from Marietta to Virginia Beach Airport, wrestled the show, drove all the way until the point where I got exhausted and Swinger drove the rest of the way from Virginia Beach to uh, Philadelphia. We got to this hotel room in this, I can't remember the hotel anymore, but it it was like the famous or more infamous hotels in the South Philadelphia area is where all the fans And all the wrestlers kind of converge and any number of debaucheries can take place in that endeavor. And so it's five o'clock in the morning. I have been up for basically almost two days straight and I passed out. And the next thing I know, I hear boom, boom, boom. What the hell is going on? It's inside the room. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I look over and (laughs) by the way, the whole trip from Virginia Beach to Philadelphia, he's passed out from being <laughs> drunk. Just completely passed out. And me and Swinger, like, I'm taping my eyes open just to keep – because you don't want to sleep when you're already tired and you're, you're, the person who's taking over for you is going to be driving through the night. We were pa- we were yeah. almost passing out while driving. And boom, boom, boom. And Swinger and I both wake up from two different beds. We look over, in between both of the beds – there's a, pot, there's a jug of ice and Vandenberg is <laughs> slamming beers into the ice. It is now 7 o'clock in the morning. I said, what are you doing? I'm going to go bang some whores. <laughs> I'm like, oh my, what are you talking about? So he gets out of the room, he opens the door, it closes, the very next room, the door opens and it slams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And that was just one instance of what it was like to be on the road with ECW. And you can imagine a 23-year-old impressionable young man was was just, (laughs) I loved every damn minute of it. Now, I I was kind of, I was never a drinker, you know, I'm not like straight edge to the point of CM Punk, but, you know, a very, very, very casual drinker, like one sip, uh, (laughs) you know, one whole beer if I go out every once a year or so. I'm a very limited in my consumption but yes. boy, back in those days you just it was just it was a fun time i loved every minute <laughs> it was great it was it was great you, you,
1: you could wake up to every morning i'm gonna go bang some whores you would <laughs> yeah and then it was like
2: really next door <laughs> and so you know they weren't and i'll be honest with you one of the, these weren't really thick walls okay so <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn!
1: Oh. Wow. No that
2: that guy. That
1: sounds about what I expect from ECW travel.
2: hmm Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm gonna we're gonna switch over to some some non wrestling questions just so we don't heavily focus on. Some things that may have already been treaded and things like that. All right. Um, here, it's more just a question about you at this point. If there were, there's one random thing to fix in your house that you could fix right now, money's not an object, just one drawer that might not open all the way, or one cabinet that gets stuck, <laughs> what would you fix?
2: You know, first of all, I live in Brooklyn, yeah. uh, New York, of course. And, um, you know, it's very common to have uh, a basement apartment, which I happen Mm. to have. But there's this damn buzz. (laughs) This damn buzz has been going on for the last 11 years and it drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And if I would, I would pay good money to take an axe handle to it and just beat it, this box that buzzes and uncontrollably and i just (laughs) hit it all the time on the side and it's constantly yelling at it going why do you torture me it's like it's like the worst nightmare when i first moved in here back when i was still married Mm. uh it was the first night that and i love my apartment don't get me wrong uh and it was the first night and my 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 now ex-wife she goes do you hear that buzzing i don't hear any buzzing and that was the last time I'd ever heard it. So it buzzes unrelentingly. <laughs> so that's the weirdest question I've ever been asked. But boy, am I passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Man. <laughs> Tony
1: Mamaluke is not a fan of the buzzing that goes on in his it's apartment.
2: Insane. Oh my God. <laughs> You have no idea. And it gets worse. Like sometimes it'll really get really loud. And if I really punch the wall hard enough, it calms down. Oh my God.
1: I'm glad you actually had an answer for that question. <laughs> <laughs> well.
2: <laughs> how quickly though. go. That's really what's <laughs> funny. <laughs>
1: um, and what what is your opinion on pineapple on pizza?
2: Oh, Are you for? It? You're a fan. As long as it's a company. Well, first of all, to be very honest, pineapple is if if I was to have one thing to eat, and I mean yeah. the only pineapple would be in the top one or two choices for my last okay con, last thing to eat. So pineapple on pizza, I am totally down with. I do like it with the ham. So, the Hawaiian pizza thing, I'm rocking that. Absolutely. I love pineapple.
1: Perfect. Tony Mamaluke hates buzzing and loves pineapple. I
2: do. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how passionate I can be about <laughs> <these> ridiculous things. <laughs> hey, listen, we
1: are on this the main episodes of this, this, these podcasts. We are going through and watching WWE CW. And much
2: too. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's
2: rough. Is it's there no rough. one else left to be to, 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 to fall on that sword? You, see, you, said it you <laughs> seem like nice people. <laughs> you said it's tough for only three episodes in, bro. Oh yeah, it's heaven. tough. It's How'd tough. you get through the first segment of the first show? Um, barely. <laughs> wow. Oh. You, must, you must be a religious man,
1: <laughs> you know. At this point, or I might become one. At the end of this, <laughs> I might become one.
2: You must have, you must you probably will have to. But anyway, go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, but like yeah, I'm I've been very passionate about the matches of yours that we have during these few little um this about one year, I think your run was total.
2: Uh shave off a little bit of time. We'll round it to that, sure. Yeah.
1: Um, I've been very passionate about making sure we go into terrible detail about everything that's going on. Okay. Um, because I, like I said, I'm i am I'm a mark for Tony Mameluk. That's just what it is.
2: Well, thank you, first of all, for that. I appreciate that.
1: Um, honestly, part of the reason I signed on to do this, because it was just going to be um, Jacob, but <laughs> I wanted to talk about Tony Mamaluke and look where it <laughs> led us.
2: There we go, there we
1: go. Um, But passionate about weird things is never a problem. Now on to WWE ECW itself.
2: Talk Um, about weird things, but yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. How how did you feel getting that call, being like, hey, we want you to come in for this? It's going to be called ECW. But it's it's gonna be nothing like what ECW
2: was. Um, well, I'll I have to give some background on to, to be able to answer that in the proper. Context. Yeah, no problem. So, no ECW closed down. What uh, was it, January of two thousand and one? I think that's yes, good. I believe so. And I, I think we did we did a couple of uh, we did a couple of pay, uh, paid shows in Missouri were actually the last time that we were really together for all intents and purposes. And then I kind of went on a, a journey, really, a, a you know, a more, more like an odyssey mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, my wrestling career was really almost derailed entirely because of the reputation that I had for having concussions mm-hmm. and, um, that was what caused me to be terminated from my WCW contract in, uh, in 1999. And then well, I think there was a nine month break and then ECW just kind of happened. But once ECW closed, you know, major companies were not really keen on, on stepping, opening up a door for me because of that reputation. And this was of course, before we really understood concussions. Yeah um in my era we called it getting our bell rung mm. and I got my bell rung a lot I mean <laughs> a lot and uh, and this you know the cumulative effects of concussions we're just really starting to understand now and I can appreciate it more now in my in my 40s than I ever did in my 20s because it, you know when you're in your 20s you just get up and you keep moving forward but so I went on a long journey of not really being on a national level i did a few shots for tna uh there was that world wrestling all-stars i think i did one time um but really i kind of just disappeared in 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 the eyes of the wrestling community or fan base rather uh for what six years yeah it was it's there's a hefty
1: absence right
2: there in the middle yeah and that was all due to the fact that Number one, there was already a really kind of diminutive Italian guy on television who happened to be Guido. They don't need two of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and WWE, you know, the thing about ECW is it allowed you to kind of be, uh, to uh, accentuate your positives and, and mitigate your, your negatives. And my obvious negatives visually was my size. Mm. And so to get that call to answer your actual question now, to actually receive that call was kind of, um, uh, a, a, it was kind of relieving because I never thought it was going to happen. I thought my because there were a lot of people who were in WWE that knew me from my time in WCW, where my reputation really kind of just yeah became the narrative of Tony Mamaluke, well Tony Marinera. and so <laughs> I was I was I was. Uh, I really thought it wasn't going to happen for me and I just thought the only real opportunity I had was to wrestle internationally and that never happened for me because of a variety of different things. It was like, you know, in my era of the wrestling business, the business was at the lowest period as far as as amount of opportunities as it's been ever, uh, you know, after USWA closed when I was just breaking in, Mm. WCW closed. And ECW closed. The only game in town was WWE and a little tiny faction of Southern wrestling called TNA. Yeah. And there wasn't a spot there for me either because of my wrestling style had evolved to being less uh, spot driven and more psychology driven. And I, you know, I just didn't have a place in the wrestling business because ultimately, you know, uh, I probably would be, a poor man's Leaf Cassidy do your average wrestling fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a tag team specialist and my partner yeah. was off doing his own thing. Uh, so I think it was, I, I often find it funny that Guido and I both managed Johnny the bull, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Different eras in our lives, but uh... <laughs> yeah. So it was great, but it was also like, well, what do I do now? You know, mm. what, what's, what's this going to be? Cause we weren't really talking about then it's going to be ecw it's really just we're thinking about doing this but it wasn't definitive and then then it started becoming more real and then we had these pay-per-views and it proliferated from there yeah and got mongrelized and now you you're torturing yourself with watching that that uh, <laughs> bless your heart jacob yeah
0: It was mainly a joke. And then this lunatic here. I made a joke and I said, is there a WWE CW podcast? And Cody replied with, we can make one. (laughs) And my exact words were DM me. And I said, are you sure? And it's it's only been two weeks and I don't know. (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, I would, I would probably lean into, uh, Other things shortly, (laughs) but I can give you some insight that you might not be able to otherwise ascertain uh, in terms of that actual show, at least some, at least the early parts of it. Oh, please go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, ECW. Well,
1: the
2: concept, the concept of ECW was was never in line with with the concept of wwe these are two different universes yeah
1: totally different
2: yeah and so when you try to meld that together it's it's like uh it's it's a bad tinder date i don't know what else to call it it (laughs) didn't make any sense you know you know it, it just doesn't make any sense first of all the characters and i use that term only in, in context, but the characters of wrestlers, the, the character of wrestlers in ECW, just we're not WWE superstars
1: at all. And that's what made it work at the time
2: when they get one against each other. Yes. The yeah. problem is that that's what the, the money was there that. Yes, absolutely. When you had that clash of styles, because it was so very different, there was an opportunity for money to be made. But we were also six years removed to our heyday. Some of us had seen our better days. And if it was done six years earlier, you can talk about some real money because we had established television on a national level, albeit a much smaller level of television viewership than WWE. But we had enough for, uh, we had enough fan base that could create, more buzz than it really could in 2006. It was a novelty when we did the pay-per-views, but you know, six years removed, the Sandman isn't quite the same guy. Tommy Dreamer isn't the same guy. Sebu isn't the same guy. Tony Mamaluke isn't the same guy. <laughs> We're all different people then. And yeah. we evolved and it just didn't look, it was too good of lighting. It was too clean. It was too pretty. And what was what was what everybody before I was a, a, a wrestler? I loved ECW because it was so very different than anything in there. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw ECW, it was a match that my uncle introduced me to because back then he had a satellite. Nobody had satellites back then, but my uncle did. <laughs> he, lives out in the, he lives out in the boondocks. And he showed me this rest. I wasn't even into wrestling really anymore. It was like, I I was. A, a, like 17 years old, maybe mm. eight, 17, 18. I was kind of out of wrestling. It was before Nitro came back. None of that. And then I saw the Pitbulls versus, uh, 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 oh God, Raven and um, what's his partner's name there? Uh, uh Stevie. Stevie and Stevie's a friend of mine. I apologize, Stevie, but I've been having more discussions than than most people should ever even remember to having. I've forgotten more than I've had, but him and Stevie and the Pitbulls, and Stevie and, and Raven and the Pitbulls, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my in my entire life, and I'm like, well, I like wrestling again, because it was different. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way about AEW now. It has kind of like a, an ECW feel with a WCW budget. So yeah, yeah, almost. I'd say yeah. So, but it was great when we clashed. It was really awful when we tried to merge those worlds together. And, yeah. you know, that didn't work. And it was, it was obvious early. I mean, very early. I mean, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And we were on the sci-fi network. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. Um, and I like yeah. the sci-fi network, right? Don't, don't that's yeah. not a shot to get, What does that have to do with us?
1: What are we talking um, about here? Now you have vampires and parrot card readers and the zombie. Um, rest in peace. Yes, Tim Arson. Rest in a, peace.
2: I understand he was a nice person. It was probably the only shot he was ever going to get. And I hope he got a payday out of it. But they set him up to fail. What do you, you want to <laughs> hear? You want to hear an
1: interesting fact about that gimmick? Um, in around shortly after this appearance um at ecw he continued to do that gimmick and in puerto rico he had a match with the boogeyman in that gimmick
2: <laughs> well what are you gonna do he's never been on tv before this is at least had national exposure people say well i remember I, maybe i remember that if i sit, sat there and watched him gurgle at me for 30 seconds i <laughs> A lot of times we blame the talent for being terrible. Somebody had to write that on paper. Yeah, someone. Hand this to this (laughs) man and then dress him up in garage sold clothing that are torn up and then paint his face and then walk him out in the middle of a a (laughs) national television audience just so he can get beamed on the head by the Sandman. And Sandman fucking killed him, too
1: wasn't anything held back on those sandman shots
2: well what is he supposed to do he's out we're about to just die on national television the only thing we yeah. can do is kill what's killing the show yeah exactly I mean, That's that was interesting- mm, yeah, it's the first impression i mean that was yeah. the first impression that someone who might have otherwise heard of ecw maybe even it did a little boot. Boobie- bit of internet research and said well this is different I don't know any of these people I'll give it a shot in the first 30 seconds they see this and I'm clicking the channel I mean I'm sorry that's just (laughs) bad television and you know it's not like anyone's gonna say well Tony Mamalouk what would you have done different anything but that (laughs) how about anything you've got planned we'll do that before we do this again ever ever it's the worst (laughs) thing I've ever seen I uh, we
1: agree with you on this one. Um to play what
2: the sci-fi network this move channel. get your ratings. ratings. That would help. Yeah.
1: Me. Yeah. Oh my heavens. <laughs> um speaking of WWE CW, you had a pretty good match with Sabu in the early um early set of that show.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot.
1: A lot better than uh, not to be rude. Sabu is a great wrestler, but a lot better than anything else he did at that time.
2: Well, um, <sighs> so what's your question about that? Before um, I give you backstory. the backstory,
1: <laughs> the question is mainly how did that match come out to be so well put together and more coherent than anything um, Sabu did in that time frame?
2: Um th- this sounds very conceited, but well that was that was my match uh that yeah. I kind of you know came up with and it ended and thank you for your critique. By the way, that was you know that was in my uh I actually I was in Albany, New York. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm an I was born and raised in upstate New York. So that was yeah about 30 30 minutes from my uh, where i went to high school so my dad and my stepmom were at that show uh they saw the match um that's actually the same building that rick flair won the world title in royal rumble 1992 which i was also at. And I oh yeah i was there in the i was in the ninth row on the floor um it was the greatest match i've ever seen hmm. Anywhere, ever, live or on television. I still contend it's the greatest match of all time. If you think about it from a booking perspective.
1: Oh, yeah. 30 men go in. One man has to come out as the champion.
2: But they told a story for an hour. Yeah. 30 different people. It's brilliant. But um, nevertheless. So after the match was over, uh, (laughs) Paul Heyman said... (laughs) He said to Sabu why did you give him so much you were supposed to go out there and kill him <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't serve me any purpose other than the fact that you may have liked it but no one else did that back off basically I was supposed to be cannon fodder for old Sabu but uh I mixed a little bit of psychology in with his his you know his uh signature moves and what have you and we had what would classify as a passable television match for, uh, you know, you know, a throwaway television show, I guess. But <laughs> I, uh, I I can only say that I did get scratched in the face by going through the table. That led us yeah. in the face for like six months. But, you know, but other than that, I came out of it fresh fairly unscathed but now nah, paul hated that match he was so mad really uh, because and and i i understand why because sabu was going to be yeah he was being pushed as one yeah. of our top guys uh you know he had that match with uh ray mysterio at our pay-per-view i think mm-hmm. it was a, a no contest i think they both kind of just stopped whatever yeah So Sabu was being, he was being, they were, Paul was trying to position him as he would make sense to do as a top tier guy for the, for the overall deal. And I was a tag team wrestler. It should have been a two minute squash match at best, but nobody told us that. So I went out there and wrestled a match and I used psychology as best I could with that type of opponent. And, uh, and uh, you know, was my first step out the door so there you have it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean for all all intents and purposes it might not mean anything now but it definitely has been one of the best matches on that show so far um in all of WWE, Cw us again sabu would kill me with a look but (laughs) especially with sabu at that time period even though he was being pushed like you said a lot of his matches were not that coherent.
2: Um, well, I mean, he was never really a wrestling psychologist. You know? No, no, uh, he was, um, a, you know, he was a gimmick, or and a, a gimmick. lot of the,
1: a lot of the writing for him wasn't the best either. Um, giving him a no DQ match that ends in a giant DQ, and a, wanting us to take him seriously still with that.
2: Well, like I said. If we would have done this in 2001, this would have been the hottest wrestling show on television. If Paul had an opportunity to make it as such, but there's no way that, and I, we experienced this in TNA too. And, and, you know, and I wrestled for TNA before uh, they brought us back for that one night pay-per-view deal. But I can tell you that nobody, no locker room wants you to go in there and show up their show yeah. a bunch of people that weren't there before that. Mm. Now, TNA, we had one of their highest rated pay-per-view buys of all time off of, what, a four-week build? Somewhere around there, yeah. Three, four weeks at most. And we had one of their highest buy rates ever, and that was eight years now removed, or maybe mm. more. Whenever it was, I think it was a 2011. Is that eleven yeah. years? Removed?
1: Yeah, Because I believe, or at least from what we can find, you took a break from shortly after you got released from WWE yeah. until around 2009.
2: Yeah, well, I, yeah. There was nothing. There was nothing for me to do. I had to go make a, go to a, get a real job. But uh, but my point is. We never had a chance. ECW, WWE had, it it was never, there was no way that that was ever going to capture the magic of the old days because it would be like, it, it would be like going into, it would be like being the New York Yankees and have the Mets come over to your house and then change everything you ever did as a Yankee organization and expect you to just accept that. It's just if, if what you do works for you and then you bring these other guys in because it works for just a, this group of people over here, well, screw those people over there. We're just going to focus on these fans over here. And it never yeah. was, was never, it was never really given the real jetpack to the moon treatment. just never was going to oh, happen. Oh, yeah. No, For it's, a variety uh, of reasons.
1: it's a whole messy thing that we are recounting and living up um, hey, why the fuck is this like this when it could so
0: easily...
2: 190 more
0: episodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is this some type of uh, criminal sanction against you, gentlemen? I mean, why are you putting yourself through this? There's, was this a court order or something? <laughs>
1: Uh, someone someone has to tell people not to watch it. <laughs> now
2: that's awesome. <laughs> that's great.
1: Someone has to live as the warning to people who don't know what it is and are flipping through peacock and they're like, oh, ECW is good. What is this? Uh, don't Don't do it.
2: Well, I, I commend you though. I commend you because you know <laughs> what—at least you, at least you're, at least you're, at least you're uh, you know, you're trying to represent it in a way that is fair, perhaps, and uh, that's that's all anyone could ever hope for, as far oh, as being. We're honest. definitely
1: giving it a shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the,
2: what is it? Ezekiel Jackson winning the belt at the end was literally appalling to me.
0: Yeah, le-
2: it was appalling to me as a person. Whoever watched it, one match, and it, it's not against him, but you mean to tell me? You mean to actually tell me that the last ECW champion is Ezekiel Jackson? You've got to. It,
1: it could have got the cruiserweight treatment and had it been Hornswoggle.
2: Uh, oh, that's true, I guess. It, it, it could have been worse, <laughs> or some random woman. Which you know, what are we talking about here? What is this?
1: Um. And then I just, I think around two more questions on my side. I don't know if squints or Jacob has anything. Um, is there anyone you wrestled? Because after getting released, you did go on a pretty good looking indie run. I haven't seen any of the matches. Um, you have a victory against Colt Cabana. You went against Brian Danielson back in the day. Yeah. Um, is there anyone you wrestled, barring those two, obviously, that you were like,
2: damn, the, this kid has the goods. Like oh, sure, lots of people. Um, one that I can definitely remember, uh, Caprice Coleman. Hmm. I, I was introduced to Capri- to Caprice Coleman in NWA Wildside. Yeah. And we uh we had a series of five matches, the best of five. Uh, he's he was outstanding then, but he was green And those matches we had. Really, I and. I think he can probably, well, he's told me this, or at least he's you know said this long, long time ago, but it helped him learn a little bit about mm-hmm. how to actually wrestle a match uh, in terms of psychology and, and pacing. Now, he was better than me at that point, as far as an athlete, but he just needed a little bit of seasoning, a little bit of veteran leadership. And over the course of five different matches that went five different ways, we were able to kind of, he was able to be elevated from that series of matches. So he was definitely talented, a young Jimmy Rave back in that era, the yeah. Maximos when they were first breaking in, um, obviously Amazing Red. He yeah. just needed a platform at that time, uh, just, just a television show to be put on. Although he was very green in terms of psychology, he was very, very innovative in his wrestling style. So he was, he was going to be great. Um, uh, just thinking off the top of my head, I just saw so many guys that, you know, I got an opportunity, Sanjay Dutt early on yeah. in his career. Um, uh, Ruckus, if he ever had a real platform, could have probably been. I
1: loved Ruckus.
2: And I liked wrestling him, even though uh, he He did knock me out once, but take the number, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Flip dive over the top, caught me with the leg. uh, But I can tell you without any hesitation, and I didn't actually, I don't think I ever actually wrestled him. Oh, no, I did. I did actually wrestle AJ Styles, but this was before you knew AJ Styles. But the first time I saw AJ Styles was again at this uh, Georgia, uh, North Georgia. NWA affiliate Wildside, and I said, "Well, this, this guy is an absolute amazing athlete. What is he doing here?" <laughs> and and, uh, and then I found out. So, ironically enough, AJ Styles, in in full con in in, in full disclosure, he was actually going to be in WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Canyon had been tasked with finding cruiserweights that were kind of new to the wrestling world in, in terms of the television. So new to fans, right. And we were all going to be on this show that was going to be separate from WCW. It was going to be like a, a child's, a, a kid's show. So imagine if you will, the, uh, the, the power Rangers in, in context of wrestling. So it was going to be elaborate characters. We we're going to have a separate show, have nothing to do with any WCW product we were going to be our own entity and so that was what what he was was crank canyon was tasked with and one of the very first people that he discovered was aj styles because aj was in georgia and then you know what aj aj styles are this guys he's going to be we got to sign this guy but aj actually turned down the deal Oh And and when he turned down the deal they kept searching for more wrestlers and i just happened to be one of the last few that they found and so, if it wasn't for AJ Styles not wanting the job, I would have never been a WCW. So, when I first saw him, I never heard of AJ Styles because the internet wasn't really something that was readily available as it is today. But when I saw him, I said, Oh, this guy's way better than me. What the hell is he doing in this barn? <laughs> <laughs> and then he went on to be AJ Styles. And so, his business choice was accurate in its, uh, in, in, and not taking that spot at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the last
1: question I have for you on my side is what, what I know your last match was against Papa Dadan, Don, I believe. Um, uh, not
2: exactly. I, I did a, another year or so after that. I thought it was going to be, okay. I did I did. And then I came back and wrestled in NYWC until I blew my back out. Okay um
1: that well that's information to me and i'm glad that i have it um what what besides blowing your back out because i'm i imagine that's something that's like pretty immediately like oh fuck yeah um before that when you originally thought your last match was going to be against papa don Mm -hmm. um what was the bump that you were like oh shit i think i gotta start sending the white flag gotta start wrapping it up
2: uh In terms of the match with Papadon, the reason I thought it was going to be the last match, I had just been, I just had an opportunity in the non wrestling professional life to really Mm. kind of start establishing myself in my, my current role, which is a peace officer. And I thought, there's no way I can do this and do that. So wrestling had its time. There wasn't really a spot for me to move forward. Here's a job that actually has uh, you know, grown up things about it. Benefits, <laughs> health insurance, uh, pension, actual real money that I could live off of and be happy yeah. for, you know, and not be slammed on the ground. So I thought, all right, Papadon is going to be my last match. He doesn't know it. I would really like to lose this match because you just want to go out putting somebody over, but he refused to let, yeah. me, the ma- or let me lose the match. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to go out here and do this. So we did the old Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko spot when they had their two out of three falls, but mm-hmm. instead of them both pinning each other, I just, you know, dipped up a shoulder and one, two, three, um, won the match. So, uh, then I took my my shooter boots off, put them in the ring, and he was like, What are you doing? He's like, What are you doing? I said, I'm just this is it, my friend. This is all what was that? Um, uh, what was the group that I what was that group for that show? It was uh the one that's been around for years, anyway, in the northeast. Anyway, for my memory sucks, guys. I'm sorry. No, don't worry about it. Uh but um Jim uh, Jim Kettner's group over there in uh in uh delaware area and so on all that part of the country or i will check it out right now jim kettner oh. he was the original ec uh ecwa 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 sorry yeah. jim kettner and all the boys i, I didn't work for jim kettner because he had sold the company at that point but that's <laughs> where low-key started and a lot of a lot of guys in the they had the super eight for years, all of that. So that, yeah, group, they still do. Yeah. you have the super eight? Good for that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, excuse me. But yeah, so I thought that was going to be it because I thought I was going to go off and be a grown up, and then uh, things just kind of happened where I could still kind of get in a ring. And then I started working for a Shane O'Neill in a NYWC, uh, Mikey mm-hmm. Wiprex group. So I spent a couple of years there and then, mm-hmm. Uh, what the bump that blew my back out was just. um, So I was wrestling on an indie show uh, in New Jersey and I'll never forget this because it, it kind of, it's a, it was like a premonition. Really it was just logical sense. But when I was in the ring, it was a really bad, bad ring. And I said to Guido, Someone's gonna get hurt in this ring. And <laughs> the reason I said that is because one of the boards had had been popped up over the top of another board. Yeah. And so we wrestle around, somebody gives me a hip toss, boom, right there. So I hit it, and all of a sudden my body stopped wanting to move. And I couldn't, I couldn't move, I couldn't walk, I couldn't get up. I wasn't paralyzed, but I was in such. I was in, I was messed up. I don't know what's going on. And I'm looking over at Guido and, and I just tagged out and he was like, he wasn't ready for that. So they kept wrestling the match and like the wrestling sensibilities of myself. You got to finish the match, right? You mm-hmm. know, yes, yeah, of course. Of you course. Finish yeah. the match. You're in there. You have to finish. Screw all this X sign and rubber gloves. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm saying that facetiously, of course, because this, if you're injured, you're injured yeah being hurt i I was injured and so anyway i said screw this and i and i I tagged myself back in and i kept wrestling and i went to do a spot and the ring ropes were so loose when the guy pulled the ropes down i was i was going to hook and go but the ring Mm. ropes went so low there was nothing to hook so now after i just hurt my back i flew out of the ring and landed on the floor and now i just crashed on the on the basketball court and now i got i can't move And I staggered up and when I staggered up, I forgot the next spot was the guy was going to do a rolling thunder on me and boom, he killed me again. So in the course of like that three moments, Mm -hmm. the match ends and Guido and his son, Nick had to drag me to the locker room because I couldn't stand up. I was walking like this. I was bent over and I couldn't walk standing up straight. And I said, and I, I couldn't get dressed. They had to help me get dressed. I couldn't get my, I, I was not in ever in pain like that in my life. And Guido's like, will we'll just get you in the car and we'll take you to the house. And when we get there, we'll go to the bar and everything will be fine. I said, well, first of all, I don't want to go to the bar. I don't want to go to the bar. I'm broken. First of all, I don't even like bars. And the only reason I go is so that somebody can drive home. And so we get to his house about two hours. Like, you're coming to the bar. Are you kidding me? I can't get out of the car. I'm was pissed. So I went upstairs and I just lied on the floor and Nick played video games. And I lied there, I couldn't get up off the floor and I laid there all night and I got my bag and went home and I, and I was crooked, but I said, all right, I got to get to the chiropractor, get to the chiropractor, Fix me up, fixed me up a month later. I had another match. Uh, I got hurt. It was feeling not so great. Another match after I got fixed again, another match after that match in, in uh, deer park, I couldn't get up off the bench to shake the guy's hand if I just wrestled. And again, he beat me too. I beat him too. So my last match was an actual win. And so I'm like, I can't retire this stupid. But I could- when I got home that night, I laid down on the couch. I couldn't get to my room. The next day, I couldn't get off the couch. And then that was it. I was done yeah. right there. And there was no more bumping for you. I- my bump card was full.
1: Yeah, everyone has their bump card. And I hope mine
2: is not on its way out already. <laughs> well, I tell you what, when it's over, there's no more discussion, it's just over. And yeah. that's, that's the way it is. So Guido's still trying to get me to wrestle. i say, Guido, I spent more money to fix my back over the last 10 years, five years <laughs> than I could ever recuperate on an independent scene. I don't care who's booking me. Now, if you want me to go to the back and critique your matches, I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah. You want me to help you with some of the spots that are kind of making you have a little bit of difficulty? Maybe I can help you. But if you think for one second, Tony Mamaluke is going to take a bump, you're crazy. I don't even want to take a rolling bump. No, thank you.
1: <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you'll come back for a Goldberg run. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If we find someone to book Tony Mama Luke for a Goldberg run, you know, call. I back. don't know.
2: I don't think the fan the name Mama Luke doesn't roll off the tongue like Goldberg does. I don't think I can get that type of chant. Uh, oh, I, me and Cody can make it happen. Yeah, so? we'll no. make it. <laughs> we'll make it work. <laughs> well, I respect your diligence.
1: <laughs> um, and unless Squints has any questions, that's that's all I have.
0: So I just ask every guest uh, one question and it's if you can give any piece of advice to anybody, what would it be? Not related to wrestling. It can just be related to anything in life. What would it be?
2: Um, uh, well, two, two things. And these are not novel ideas. Uh, happy uh, wife equals happy <laughs> life. Yeah. Uh, and pay your taxes quarterly. You know what? If you're, yeah. if you're an independent contractor.
1: Sounds All like right. a man who speaks from experience. And the last one, one. Last,
2: <laughs> one last piece of advice. No matter what happens, you really should pull out. <laughs>
1: oh <my God>. <laughs> 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 Tony Mamaloo, happy <laughs> wife, happy life, pay your taxes and cool out.
0: Yeah. I'm putting that's that on her shirt. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Fuck yeah, brother. But oh. well, yeah, that's all I had and you gave uh, something more. So I like that. I like
1: those <laughs> uh, Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, it was great. An amazing pleasure to get to talk to you. Uh,
2: the, the, the pleasure was mine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: that's going to do it for this segment of the podcast. Uh, yeah, up next is episode three of WWE CW. <laughs> and that was our great interview with our good friend Tony Mamaluke. Luke. I happy hope you guys wife, enjoyed happy. it. Hi. Pay Happy... your taxes and pull out, brother. Oh, dude! This part of the episode, we can actually talk about what he said. Uh, what was your favorite part of the interview, other than getting to interview him? Um, probably one. Probably his Guido impression. <laughs> he goes, "I don't want to go to the fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't even like going to the fucking bar. Why well, do I go to the fucking bar?" I'm not gonna release a video of it just because I I I'm selfish and I don't like editing videos, but also it's just I want you guys to have to watch the podcast to listen to that interview. But like the pure joy on this guy's face whenever he started getting going, like at the beginning of the episode, he was kind of like, meh. And then like once it started getting fired up and going, he was like having the time of his life. He Cody popped him. I did.
2: I popped popped Tony
0: Mamaluk. And I literally shed a tear for him. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome.
1: Um, I think (laughs) this was amazing. I, God, this was fucking great. I want to see if I could get Whipwreck on.
0: Let's make it happen. We got to. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, no, like, Tony's a great guy. That's one thing I've realized the past week. Like, Tony was amazing. The fact that he, like, set up the interview for me practically instead of making it a hassle. And then, like, right when we invited him to the Zoom, he, like, jumped right in and not, like, asking any questions. He's like, hey, guys, how you guys doing? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, awesome. And Tony, Tony has more money than me. Motherfucker has a MacBook. <laughs> Tony said, I'm going to get on my MacBook. And I said, what? I was expecting him to do a phone or something because the MacBooks are stupid expensive. I've looked at them. Mama Luke has a fucking MacBook and just
1: casually whipped it out on his big leather couch.
0: Fuck I'm glad that wasn't the only one admiring that <laughs> big leather couch. I, I love it. I'm, I'm glad somebody's comfortable during this. Damn, he started leaning back even a yeah. few times. I thought he was about to put up the recliner. <laughs> I, when I popped him saying someone has to watch WECW, he like laid down on it. <laughs> he, uh... The only down part about that apartment is that damn buzzing noise. (laughs) I can't believe he
1: actually had an answer to that question.
0: He's been waiting for somebody to ask him that question. (laughs) He's probably thinking he's going to send me a text later so that Cody could get a handyman. (laughs) (laughs) Because he answered that right away. As soon as you asked a question, you were going over examples. He started popping up. He was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, no
1: uh but that was a great interview i if we do it again i it's going to be even better because we're all familiar with each other at this point
0: no and that was awesome dude like i said like he was just very nice and like i don't know why but i was afraid he was going to be very standoffish and like an asshole for some reason i just feel that way about all bigger wrestlers but like he was just down to earth just down to earth he told us like at the end when we were off the air he's like good luck hope you guys get listeners and i was like fit me too (laughs) (laughs) i
1: and i some of the questions i didn't even have to ask like um some of them were just came out like conversation um i was gonna ask if he kept up with wrestling but then he'd give us examples about aew so i was like i don't need to ask that anymore um Dude, that was a fucking great he interview. Just,
0: he was just very like I wouldn't even it was more of a conversation than an interview, like that's how I felt about it. He wasn't really like giving us dry answers cuz he was giving us like there's a couple points in time where he was like, "Oh, I'm going to have to give you a uh, insider backstory." And we're like, "Go ahead, man, like speak your shit, like do this." Yeah. Like that was real cool of him. And the fact that he told us, like he literally told us in the middle of the interview he doesn't do this stuff And then when we're off the air, he told us his exact words were he said, let me know if you guys want to do this again, as if he is willing to, which I thought was like, that was amazing. Because that made me feel like me and Cody are doing something right already. The fact that somebody that doesn't do like outside of wrestling stuff is willing to, like, that's just, that made me feel real happy. And Cody fucking killed it on that interview. Like, you fucking nailed that, dude. And if you want to see me do
1: more interviews, um, Saturday, the 18th of September, The Lab Alchemy Season 2 starts, and I'll be interviewing Ziggy Heim about a match with Bobby Orlando over at 1IWTV, and I'll be there for eight weeks straight.
0: Thank fuck. (laughs) Even though they're pre-recorded, so I'm still stuck with you. (laughs) Yep. I need to get this off my chest. When the Tony Mamaluke interview started, dude, I got a fightful select uh notification. Johnny Gargano's contract's up in December. What? <laughs> right? Dude, I got that notification mid-interview and I was like, I don't I, I can't bring this up. I can't just <laughs> nonchalantly just but I needed I forgot to tell you when we were off the air. Uh yeah, Johnny Gargano's contract's up and I just needed to get that off my chest because I think that's crazy.
1: And new NXT isn't gonna sign him back, so.
0: Oh, hell no, they aren't. Um, Anyways. I'm
1: going to have to stop going to Disney for a little bit. Um, (laughs) Anyways, we have ECW to review. Um, This was episode three on June 27th. Took place place in Roanoke, Virginia, um, post-Vengeance. It opens right away. Sabu's already halfway to the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sabu has... (laughs) sabu has a fire under him tonight he's kill it's sabu versus roadkill he is killing roadkill until roadkill face plants him on the chair roadkill bumps and feeds bumps and feeds um hits him with a sick
0: fucking tko dude i didn't know what that name was called so i put f5 rko it's a yeah it's a tko that was um, rolled.
1: Um, Sabu pretty much pile drove (laughs) himself doing a suicide dive outside. Um, this is a great match with roadkill, um, which is amazing. And based off what Tony Mamaluke said, I'm assuming Sabu is just like, get yourself over, brother. Um, because that's pretty much what happened with Tony Mamaluke and Sabu last episode.
0: That's yeah, and like when he said that. Like, one, when he brought up that match, I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's cool. And then, two, like, that's just cool. Like, I don't know. The fact that he said he doesn't like to break kayfabe, and then he started breaking kayfabe right there about (laughs) that specific match, I was like, you know what, man? I'm not going to stop you. Um,
1: Sabu did a great-looking top rope rana. Sabu got a nasty cut going through that table, though. (gasps) All up and down, like, the inside of his ribs.
0: Yeah, I... uh,
1: um, and then, Yeah, it's a great match. I don't have anything else for that one.
0: Sabu put a chair on Roadkill's back to do a camel clutch, which I did not understand. <laughs> I didn't understand. Uh, like.
1: He's just hurting it's, his own dick. That's all he's no. doing.
0: And it's just like doing like when a fucking Jericho would do like the walls of Jericho where somebody would do a sharpshooter on the announcer table. I'm like, what does that affect? Like, you're, I get it, oh, a weapon. But like, I was just very confused when he put the chair on his back because Taz and Joey Styles freaked out about it. They were going nuts about it. It's the ultimate they, camel clutch, brother. I was just, you know what would have been sick? If he set the chair down, like bolted it out. And sat on the chair and did not like completely snapped. Oh, that spine. would have been amazing! Holy <laughs> roadkill would have died right then and there.
1: Um, and then after that great match, we get a promo about RVD versus Angle. Pretty much, um, that's totally. that's the main event for this show. Um, not the actual great promo that Angle does, but they just let us know that that's going to be later on in the show.
0: Angle's eyes were dilated as fuck. I don't know if you paid attention to that. He pops a perk to give him more stamina. I don't know what... Well, yeah, I know that, but like, I thought he would at least like, it would edit his eyes, maybe. But like, I was... Because I like looking at people's eyes to see if they're on drugs or not. (laughs) And it is very clear. Perk Angle's in full effect tonight, baby. I was pumped.
1: Um, After that, we get Kevin Thorne finally walking towards the building instead of just standing there. Um, it gives you the impression that he's going to show up tonight, but no, the fuck he doesn't. No, nope. um, <laughs> he's, he's just road buddies to someone, I guess. Um, and
0: then <laughs> you want to talk about this next segment, Cody? Because we fucked it up last time.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I said last episode for this segment, which is the Dreamer calling out Big Show, did not happen last time. Something similar happened. It was Dreamer calling out Big Show and it was just a brawl Um, Dreamer trying to say, hey, you haven't earned anything yet here, blah, blah, blah. Um, But this episode is when Tommy Dreamer says, thank you, sir. May I have another leading to the brawl? Um, Some good fucking scoop slams on Dreamer. And then this amazing Cobra Clutch Brackbreaker finish, which I'm so upset that Big Show didn't keep.
0: No, if you would have used that on fucking QT Marshall at all out, that would have been nuts.
1: Um, and then this is all you. This is all you.
0: Wait. Oh, so I put the Kurt Angle segment in the wrong spot because that's where it's in my notes. Um, dude. Next, we have Mike Knox versus. When Justin Roberts said the name, I thought it said Daddy Dory. So in my notes, wait. Hold
1: up. Hold up. You're you're all sorts of off, my friend. Um, oh
0: wait. Never mind. I am.
1: Uh, Kelly Kelly and boyfriend I have listed because I still didn't know his name at this point um, are having a conversation and Knox is talking about hey I'd like when you show this but only show it to me and I'd be I'd love you to come to watch my match tonight Um, and then she says yes of course and then we get to an Angle promo where Angle is like off his
0: shits okay Okay, yeah, it looks like I messed something up during the notes. But now I'm seeing it all. I'm seeing it all. I think I didn't, I didn't put bullet points next to it till it confused me. Good job. Um, Angle
1: <laughs> says he goes home and he's depressed and he lies to his kids about being happy because he doesn't have a title. Um, he's super depressed about it. If he beats RVD, he'll be in the Fatal 4-Way. I don't know when this is taking place because we just got done vengeance. I don't know when this four-way is taking place for the WWE Championship um, despite being an ECW competitor. Um,
0: probably never because RBD gets busted with drugs in a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, this, this fucking four-way probably doesn't happen. Um, and yeah, it's a pretty good short promo. And then now we get Mike Knox versus Daddy Dory because it sounded like he said Daddy Dory, but it turns out his name is Danny.
1: Yes, this is Danny Doring, who we also talk about with Tony Mama Luke um, on the pod. Um, He absolutely did. This is where we first where I first learned Mike Knox's name.
0: So I guess you're right because they never said his name until now and (laughs) I just assumed everyone knew who Mike Knox was I guess but yeah not like in hindsight they do not mention his name at all uh he spine busters the fuck out of him like dude this is a
1: a great spine buster that gets no attention from the camera uh because Kelly Kelly is out there stripping for random (laughs) fans
0: oh um He went up to a fan went up to a fan and it's like Cave. shaking. <laughs> it turns around and has him unclip her brawl. Yes. But then Mike Knox gets out the ring and grabs this dude by the face and tosses I, him. No, so
1: you you saw what happened what Mox did to Jody, right? And <laughs> Effie going are you good Mox just wrecked your shit Jody that's, that's what Fucking Mike Knox just did to this Jobber he fucking grabs His face and shoves him To the ground from like Three feet away It's fucking amazing um, dude, that,
0: that dude Sold it too that's what made it good Cause he went flying and flopping yeah. Everywhere
1: um, And then Mike, he I, walks I, off yeah, my other notes for this is, dude, Mike Knox has the goods. Um, Because this was a great Mike Knox showcase. And mm-hmm. the, match, the match ends with the Sister Abigail. I don't, I mean, that's. I don't know is. what the
0: technical name is. I called it a Sister Abigail. I think too. it's like a
1: swinging I, STO. But
0: yeah, I was going to say a uh, hammerlock of sorts. But then I remember he didn't do a hammerlock before. He just, did, no. he just, like you said, a swinging STO, I guess. But yeah, Mike Knox is the fucking man. I forgot how much he rolled until this until this match because I remember um, like literally texting you during it, and I was like, "What the fuck? Just what the hell?" Because that Mike- spinebuster was nuts, dude. Yeah. That spine buster popped me.
1: Um, Mike Knox is fucking Kelly Kelly and having great matches, so he's doing something that it. I don't, I don't
0: um, talk about it.
1: <laughs> Kelly Kelly, pretty much has. Sorry, Kelly at this point. They full name her later. Um, <laughs> is back on stage and is ready to do an expose. But there is a commercial. Um, and it's more test um, promo. And somewhere in here, I forget where, but it sprinkles 13 days. I don't know if it was just the stock footage that they were using. Or if there's actually 13 days till test ECW debut. But there's definitely 13 days in this promo.
0: Okay. Um, so an Easter egg.
1: Um, and then we come back from commercial, and they full name Kelly for the first time. They call her Kelly Kelly.
0: <laughs> yeah, like five minutes later, they couldn't have done that right before. there's the first right. We'll be right back with Kelly's expose. They come back and he's like, here's Kelly Kelly's expose. I'm like, what?
1: Yeah, they could have done that the first episode, but
0: uh, the only only note i have for this is <laughs> <laughs> um, it's literally it says grunt Well, it says something else but it says Ugh. um
1: and then we skip we're skipping right over that um we get i think this is the fat dude from dx in 2008 i think this dick, is Dick johnson yeah i think this is dick johnson Um, But it's a Sandman squash. It's not even a real match this time, I don't think. Um, Sandman comes out and starts laughing at this. Sandman laughing made me piss myself. Um, Sandman laughing is the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, He's laughing along. He's going with this gimmick. Big Dick is jerking off the kendo stick. (laughs) Sandman is <laughs> spitting out beer as it happens like like nut from the kendo stick um <laughs> Sandman was loving this shit until big dick Johnson poured out the beer um to oil himself up with uh, and I don't think you want to oil yourself up with beer that's pretty fucking sticky but you know um. Yeah. Sandman- Sandman gets pissed. Like he looks like you just watched someone murder their dog. And he <laughs> kills Big Dick Johnson. Um absolutely murders him like so many fucking Singapore cane shots. And you wa- you can see as Big Dick Johnson's <laughs> leaving that he just has welts and welts all over his body. Sandman did not throw this one in um, My only other notes For this are dude Maybe Sandman is good um,
0: So like That's what I have too I put I can deal with having Sandman on the show uh, Each week this is all he does If he just comes out And beats up like a gimmick Like a yeah. gimmicky guy like he did the zombie Macho Libre and now the male stripper I'm okay with this I love um, it
1: and the commentary for this was great. Joey Styles <laughs> and Taz were disgusted. Um, <laughs> as Big Dick Johnson was walking away, they were both begging for the truck not to do a replay um, because they didn't want to see it again.
0: So here's an, like a rain note for the whole show. Is it weird to you that the hard cam's like coming from the entranceway? No, it's ECW style. Yeah. I guess you have a point. It's just very, it's, I'm starting to get used to it, but it's just so, I guess it's because they come out from like a side entrance, not the actual yeah. entrance, which is weird, which confuses me. Um, because it's, it's TNA
1: um, ECW style.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's just very, uh, oh no. I had to get used to
1: it. Um, I have a fantastic segment. After this, we have Paul Heyman trying to explain wrestling to RVD. Um, okay. <laughs> He's like, if you lose the angle, it will be a four-way. And you already don't have to get pinned in a three-way. So you're going to even have to get less pinned in a four-way. <laughs> it, 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 I don't think you need to explain the RVD wrestling. Um, RVD says, <laughs> I've been smoking the past few days. Um, I think I think it's supposed to be like Oh I've been smoking hot but RBD's Just high so it's oh I've Just been smoking he could have said I've been on a roll and it would have Gotten the, across the same Pun um, but I think He just plain out says I've been smoking The past couple days
0: It's <laughs> just funny Heyman doing Steiner math he's like- Yeah that's <laughs> he's like then your chances he doesn't say numbers he just goes but then they can pin two other people three other people and then your chances drastically change and rvd this does not give a fuck much like i did not i was like what is this explaining
1: to rvd wrestling is very funny to me because i he's had to have been in a three-way dance before
0: uh yeah him jerry lynn and someone else
1: yeah so i like vividly remember that so i'm 100% 100% sure he knows how to wrestle in a multi-man match.
0: Well, actually, if we're going by ECW, three-way dance is an elimination style. Yeah, but you can just
1: say, hey, it's not elimination. It's one fall a <laughs> Like It's one fall to a finish. Uh, you could have got that over with Heyman doing, listen, I know you've been in this before, but it's a little different than how we used to do it. You, If you get pinned, you're fucked. Or it could have just been a three-way dance. They could have had it been like, Since RVD is there And he's WWE and ECW champion They could have been like Hey, we're gonna do this on our terms And our terms are a
0: three-way dance Yeah, no, agreed But like I said, I don't even know This fucking three-way, four-way, five-way Whatever happens I don't think so Because literally in a week RVD and Sabu get pulled over With fucking shit tons of drugs
1: Um, right after that Edge and Lita kick two fans Out of their seats (laughs) <laughs> um And the security is just like I don't know what to tell you He's Edge Just leave yeah. Alright
0: cool um, Edge called a little kid a punk Did you notice that? No There was a kid that was like So he was walking down his aisle way or whatever Because he was on the aisle side of the row You know And then like A kid that's like diagonally behind him uh, Like said something And Edge turns around and says Shut up you punk
1: <laughs> Um. We get another commercial. I think this is a Slim Jim commercial. Oh, yeah. And then Taz comes out to interview him or (laughs) ask him what he's doing there. Um, My my notes for this are 2006 Edge is hot, which is true. Um, And then Mm -hmm. Edge threatens to choke out Taz, which I thought was really funny because... Edge choking out Taz is something I would love to see. Like Taz wouldn't just hit him with four fucking suplexes and hit him with that Taz mission.
0: So I what's it called? my notes for that uh, is basically Taz and Edge get into it and then give me this match. I don't know if Edge and Taz ever had a match, but good God, I, I'm going to do some research and find it so we I can watch. I don't know if you'll watch it, but I
1: <laughs> I, I think I'm going to I think after this, uh, we have one more match. I think I'm going to go sit in a dark room and think about what I've gotten myself into and then pop open a cold one and cheer it to Tony Mamaluke.
0: You don't have his number. I do. I'll FaceTime him and drink a beer, casually drink a beer with him. And I won't
1: won't drink at all, actually, because underage drinking is illegal.
0: Yeah, that's actually very bad, Cody. And I am ashamed that my co-host, who is not the age of 21, would say he would drink an alcoholic beverage no i'll I pop really open
1: uh arizona arnold palmer like you watched me open up <laughs> a few
0: like a half an hour ago okay 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 just put just don't do it on camera i don't need a copyright strike i already have enough putting in music
1: <laughs> <laughs> true um <laughs> and then we get the main event which is ecw angle versus rvd um which I think was a fucking fantastic match. Again, I think it went on a little long. I think they need to put another match in this show. Um, It's really angle heavy and only has like three matches and one of them's a Sandman squash. So I think adding one more like five minute match would do this show good. Um, Mm -hmm. But they start feeling out. Feeling each other out. Angle wants it to go slow so it can rip RVD apart limb from limb. And RVD, of course, wants it to go fast because he wants to be able to strike and run, strike and run. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, RVD is up on the top rope. Kurt Angle pushes him out of the ring and <laughs> he, he eats shit and lands right in front of Edge. Uh, that was
0: nuts. Um, That was insane.
1: In the ring, um, Kurt Angle starts to take control of the match afterwards. We get Taz going over how suplexes work on commentary. (laughs) Um, Which, I mean, to be fair, if I wanted anyone to teach me how to do suplexes, it would be Taz and Kurt Angle. So as Kurt Angle is in the ring demonstrating suplexes, Taz is schooling us about suplexes.
0: That, yeah. That would be one hell of a tag team too. Like Perk Angle versus like ECW, early ECW Taz.
1: Oh, yeah. Give me them versus MCMG anytime. Give, give me them versus FBI. Oh, yeah, but we got to get Tony <laughs> Mamaluke on that Goldberg run we
0: talked about. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't deny it either. <laughs> he said. No, he oh. didn't. <laughs> I'll hit um, up red right after this. <laughs> rvd
1: one with the five star um so kurt angle isn't in the four-way
0: i believe that's how it. i don't even know who's in the
1: three-way i think it's it's cena edge and rvd
0: i believe okay yeah that sounds right um yeah or so Angle's not in the four-way which in hindsight that would have been a nasty four-way um and
1: yeah so i don't know if this four-way ever this three-way ever happens um,
0: I just know Edge gets the title at some point.
1: Yeah, or maybe the I don't know. Three way happens just so they can send him off to rehab or something.
0: That's what I'm thinking.
1: Um, but it was a pretty good match, and like we said earlier, fan forums were dead for this. Um, I I found the normal hey where's Steve Carino and that's <laughs> all I found.
0: Yeah, no, like I said, dirt sheets were very uh, weak for this. I'm not sure why, if it was just a slow week or what, but there's nothing. Uh, The only notes, like, uh, spots that I have noted down are the angle slam reversed into a DDT was cool. Oh, yeah. And then a backbreaker into a pin, where he, like, did a backbreaker, but instead of, like, letting RVD fall off of his knee, he, like, drug him off his knee and pinned him into a roll-up real quick. Dude, angle, that,
1: give angle, especially at this time, give angle thirty minutes and a cruiserweight, and it will be an amazing match.
0: No, dude, and like, I'm the worst wrestling fan ever because I barely remember shit. So like, rewatching this Perk Angle stuff is nuts. And then when this is all over, I'll probably have to get Impact Plus and watch some Perk Angle in there.
1: <laughs> impact, Impact from day one podcast. <laughs>
0: what? No, stop. There, Tiger Driver's doing that already. Fuck yeah they're doing that i I don't want i don't i I don't want to steal that from chris and j rose don't say fuck you to them that's j rose
1: true i love j rose and i do love chris too chris is giving me shirts i bought shirts from chris yeah have you gotten in the mail yet (laughs) i haven't even it was a pre-order for when polyam cult got shut down so i'm not expecting it for a little bit
0: oh yeah that's the only thing that's if he or not if he sucks as it takes so long but it's, hey
1: i mean listen as long as it actually gets sent unlike unlike my fucking shot in Freud hoodie um i'll be fine
0: um anyways <laughs> i have one more note for this segment yeah go ahead uh edge leaves just kidding spare edge and lita violently make out
1: I didn't I didn't have this I must have turned it off as soon as the match finished <laughs> I think I, I think I honestly was like okay episodes over. that's it fun well, done I'm done. that's
0: it I'm done for this week fuck so, you so what happened is Edge like was leaving and RVD was like celebrating and the announcers were like oh Edge is leaving and then RVD is on the top rope or on the second rope and he turns around. And sees Edge, and he jumps to do, like, an X-handle to Edge, I guess. But Edge spares the fuck out of him. Maybe I'll watch the five minutes of that episode. I didn't. It's um. literally only, like, the last minute, if. And then, like, the announcers are like, oh, my God, what a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And then Edge and Lita, like, stare at hard cam and everything and just violently make out. Like, it was the most, like, when... <laughs> When what's his face, Rain Dorn was talking about hardcore porn, this is what he was talking about. Hardcore porn gets a pop. We didn't ask Mama Luke about hardcore porn. But next time, next time, next, next time, because he's he has to be on again.
1: Yeah, Tur- he's the third man here. He's he is. he's the like, we- you're you're Nash, I'm Razor. Um, yeah, Squints is Nash, I'm Razor, Mama Luke is our
0: Hogan. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. What? No. He can be like whoever else was rumored to be the third man. We're not giving him Hogan, though. That's just rude. Mama Luke does not strike me as a racist piece of shit.
1: Okay, you're right. <laughs> but we didn't know that about Hogan at the time. Publicly, okay. anyway.
0: So yeah. so Mama Luke is 1996 Hogan. Not Mama Luke is six.
1: Mama Luke is fucking Sean Waltman. I'm
0: done with that. I'm done with that. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't get used to having guests on here because it's probably not going to happen again for a while unless it's Mama Luke. Because Uh, a man in
1: his podcast
0: is dead forever. Uh, I literally, (laughs) like, I love how I say that it was dead. And then I'm like, hey, so where's Mama Luke on, Ha ha. Um, Anyways. So don't get used to us having guests on. Don't be DMing us being like, oh, have Big Dick Johnson on. Have Taz on. Because one, no. Yes, what are you talking (laughs) about? (laughs) If I'll I'll do the research for this one and I'll get Big Dick Johnson on here. Okay, we might look up Big Dick Johnson when I'm off the air. We'll figure this out. Taz, no, because he'll fucking charge an arm and a leg and I'll only have him on if he lets Hook on.
1: And he also Uh, has his own, like... (laughs) podcast every morning or does he not do that anymore
0: oh he does do busted open doesn't he
1: yeah he does will it like every morning will
0: invade busted open invasion <laughs> ankle uh, the alliance we'll, invades busted open mama luke was like rebooking the alliance yeah <laughs> he was rebooking that shit he's like what i would have done and like he got out a pen and paper and everything he was like Two months after the shutdown was when we should have done this, and I was like, "I agree, Tony. I agree, Anthony." He was very. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny
1: because that's not his name. Um, <laughs> fucking. So,
0: he was very passionate about ECW, and I loved. Yeah.
1: That.
0: Um, I got you. Loved that very much.
1: Like, there are a few bits in here where he gets overwhelmed with passion, like talking about James Mitchell. <laughs> um, banging banging people <laughs> i i had such a hard time repeating that phrase to him it, like it it went against every fiber of my being to just to even say that word on air it was
0: he he got overwhelmed about that well first whenever he said road story and it started off with him being drunk at ten in the morning, I was like, "This is gonna roll. Oh, I was I like, "This story's only going up." When he got like passionate about that, he got passionate about that buzzing noise. Then pineapple, <laughs> pineapple and pizza.
1: On pizza. Tony Mamaluke is a pineapple and pizza fan, which I did not expect. No, especially him
0: being from New York.
1: He was a hard, he was like pineapple is my top favorite food, brother.
0: Dude, he literally <laughs> said he said it's my top one or two, and I'm like so. I know the answer to the three fruit that you would take to a deserted island already. It'd probably be pineapple, pineapple, and pineapple. (laughs) And
1: (laughs) Bro's going to answer all his security questions. You're going to get into (laughs) Tony's Twitter. We're going to bring him back to Twitter by taking over his Twitter. Like the dude who has Davey Richards Instagram and does (laughs) all the promoting for Davey Richards. And Davey Richards hasn't said anything to him. Because he's... Davey
0: doesn't care. Davey's like, he's doing better than I can. Yeah. Uh, but Let's no, get Tony- him
1: on the pod, not Davy Richards, but the guy who runs his Instagram.
0: I was going to say, I've tried getting Davy on, and he left me in the dark. Let's get the dude who runs his Instagram. I'll be like, I'll DM, I'll be like I know this ain't you, Davy, but hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> we have an account for you to hack. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Tony was like, got overwhelmed about the buzzing. He got over him about pineapple. When we said pineapple on pizza, he goes, Oh, yeah, I love a Hawaiian pizza. And I was like, Damn, we didn't even ask that. Like, you're tossing on ham now. Yeah. Like, he was getting, he was getting uh, real uh, excited about some of the questions. He goes, He like gave you a kudos to the around the house question. He was like, Good, good question. I was like, God damn. Yeah,
1: it's um, almost like this is my job. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I, it must be nice to be good at it. Um, I had because,
1: to quit. It's because I never shut up, so I might as well be saying things that people want to hear,
0: dude. That reminds me of like we're going off topic here, and I'm just trying to fill time for the podcast, also. I don't want you guys to have a short review episode. Oh, yeah, because this to- be
1: short as fuck without Mama Luke, <laughs> yeah, be like
0: exactly. 10 minutes, bro. Exactly. Uh, that reminds me, dude. So, there is this kid I worked with who like never shut up, and I've mentioned this on a podcast on an episode before. But I, like, I had a caffeine overload and I was having an anxiety attack from hell ever. And I'm sitting there just, like, zoned in, just trying to focus on myself. And this kid comes up to me and he goes, if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? And I literally, like, the world started crumbling around me when he asked me this, dude. I was like, because <laughs> this anxiety attack was fully I was your in 13th life. reason why. <laughs> and I literally looked at him. And I said superheroes aren't fucking real, and I walked away. You shot on this <laughs> kid, brother. <laughs> I I feel bad, but like I like walked away. And this is when I was at the gym, and I like walked to the tanning area, and got the worker there. And I was like, please go up front. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm having an anxiety attack. She's like, oh, why'd you come back here? And I was like, just go go up front, and talk to Scott. And she's like, okay. And I was like, and while you're on the way there, think of what superpower you'd have, <laughs> please. <laughs> but yeah. No, like I, but I'm also the same way. All I do is talk. All yeah. I do is talk. It well, sucks. It was so hard not to talk during the Tony interview.
1: I I talked so much. I got a real independent wrestling company to give me a job. So yeah,
0: this, this will shut you up, kid. Here, damn. Pretty much. Um, it, here, Taco Bell, kid. Yeah, bro.
1: I I give Taco Bell to the shows I come to. Gotta pay your dues, brother, man.
0: We've um, done two episodes and I've not. Than given taco bell once um
1: because i'm not delivering taco (laughs) bell to bum fuck missouri
0: dude did you see my face when tony said he goes in one of the last ccw shows in missouri i popped up and i like pointed (laughs) out i didn't see that because your
1: camera didn't pop up unless you were talking
0: that's so weird because for you guys unless you were talking your screens would be like frozen
1: I, I tony's camera did freeze a few times for me as well but i think that's because we were just killing the bandwidth it was like an hour long fucking interview
0: yeah uh but we didn't have any technical difficulties no um, at I all do, this session do want to apologize for last week's episode because after editing it or when i was editing it i did notice that buzzing noise and i fully understand tony Mamalu. <laughs> <laughs> probably won't have them listen to the first episode i'll be like you don't want to listen to the first episode brother uh but yeah and then all the technical difficulties i was using a different recording software um it sucked so now i'm back to zoom because it's much more accessible and easier uh but yeah that's gonna do it for this episode um, um if you're no it's not you didn't clean your fucking mirror asshole fuck you uh <laughs> if you're listening on apple listening on apple leave five stars leave a review leave a question for tony Mamaluke maybe i don't know if you're listening on spotify download it i don't know how podcasts work if you're listening on any other podcast app rate it like it subscribe i just found out that we're popping up as suggested podcasts so that's fucking what did i not tell you that no bro my friend he dm'd me last week uh from like hometown he messaged me last week and he's like your podcast name's a man in his podcast right and i was like well yeah it's that's the podcast title And he's like dude it just popped up in my suggested the ecw1 episode hey yo yeah bro like and that was like he he sent me a screenshot and it came up and suggested suggested and it was like right next to uh matman podcast network or something like that injuries arians uh, i have no idea He's a dirt suit guy, I think. But yeah, no, we're popping up and suggested now. So that's what's up. But yeah, I don't know how podcasts work. If you can like them, like them if you can't. Okay. If you want to um, leave a review, if you can, leave five stars, leave one star. I don't care.
1: And if you if can't you, leave a review, tweet me the review.
0: Tweet at Cody Wormboy, W Y R M for worm, because he's a fucking weirdo.
1: Because it's him. a dragon, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh at us at your boy squints at a man in this pod at cody Wormboy. boy let us know how you guys enjoyed this episode i had one person fucking live tweet in episode one, so if you want to do that that'd be cool i'll retweet all of it i will shout you out um but yeah like just thank you for the support last week's episode after taking a month off from even uploading was showed a lot because it probably was just out of everybody's minds the first debuted episode of 193 Extreme Weeks is at 16 views in less than a week, which is fucking bizarre to me. I didn't think 16 of you fuckers would listen to me and Cody ramble about Kelly Kelly and Tony Mama Luke. I thank you, Uh but yeah. Now you get even, to
1: listen to Tony Mama Luke. Now Ram. you get
0: to listen to Mama. Get to listen to Mama Luke. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how the fucking podcast shit works. If you can leave a review, leave it. If you can like it, like it. If you can't literally at us i know cody won't care i won't care the intern that i have running the podcast page won't care just kidding that's me. <laughs> that's me um but yeah please please leave a review at us or else i will hunt you down uh that's gonna do it for this episode i'll see you guys or won't see you guys and you guys won't see me you'll hear us next week for episodes four and five no interview like i said Peace out, Girl Scouts.